0: BLOB TALK RADIO Good evening, this is Reverend Trish Hall, Spiritual Leader at Center for Spiritual Living Metro, the sponsor of the Art of Living spirit, Spiritually. At CSL Metro, we invite you to be you with us. We in, we invite you to open your... Excuse me, I've got a bit of a cold and I'm kind of stumbling over things. Anyway, we invite you to open to your divinity, discover your pure potentiality, and celebrate what is uniquely, awesomely you in every aspect of your life, to be mindfully, wonderfully you. Together, we open to the realization that we are all expressions of the one divine creator. We feel the impulsion of spirit and the need to say yes to that that is rising within us. And so we are growing individually and supporting all others, all other expressions of the divine. 2017 is going to be a great year. Look at how it has started. I know some people probably are saying, Les, look at the inauguration. And I'm saying look for what there is, look for what nourishes you. And personally being part of the Women's March on January 21st, is what part of what nurtures me. So although Mohandas Gandhi, the Mahatma, is often quoted as having said, be the change you wish to see, he didn't actually say it that way. What he did declare is deeper and weaves even more perfectly with the teachings of science and mind. The correct quote is, we, we are but mirror, mirrors of the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found in the inner world of our body. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change toward him. This is the divine mystery supreme. A wonderful thing it is and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. Our science mind teaching says that when we change, the world around us cannot not change. It may change with us, for us, in spite of us, or even against us. It doesn't matter. However, what does matter is it must change. It must shift in order to accommodate our newness. As any change in us is perceived by those around us, consciously or otherwise, others also change. The world, not just the United States, changed January 21st of this year. I was one of the marchers. It was an amazing experience to be in that huge gathering of women and supporters of women Exuding positive energy, loving and laughing with one another, making comments about how intimate we had become with one another simply because of the squeeze of the, of the numbers of people experiencing mass humanity. Many changed with us and for us, and I know some in my circle of acquaintances uh, were, were not in favor of the march and actually pushed back as a result of it. The women's march was such a peaceful demonstration of more than six hundred and eighty thousand people. The police had nothing to do except to answer questions like, Where's the nearest metro or where's the nearest bathroom? So it was it was an astounding experience. I talked with one of the officers and he said that he had uh, served uh when other gatherings had come together, and never had he felt being there with all of the all of the women and all of the supporters of the women the cross section of humanity that was present for that spanned all ages, all genders, all orientations, all ethnicities. there were some of everybody there. it was miraculous. Now, uh, if when we look at all the, about being so peaceful, being so excited, being so energized, isn't that an astounding report and a model for the whole world, for how we can gather? It was, a living, it was living proof that hundreds of thousands of people can come together to express powerful opinions, to be visible and vocal, voicing their demand for change, and doing so nonviolently. Absolutely no violence. Many of us question, what can we do to make sure that the power and impact of the Women's March doesn't just fade away? I think it would be tragic if it did. The Sufi poet declared in the closing line of one of my favorites of his poems, don't go back to sleep. And once awakened, we have been changed. Now the question is, now that we have been changed, are we committed feeling that energy? Are we committed to make sure that it stays alive? There is a website about 10 things for the first 100 days. And there are other websites and there are other events coming up that are committed to maintaining and actually expanding The energy that came together, the very positive energy that says women's rights, everyone's rights, colors, anyone who is marginalized, we stand with them. Um, Similarly to the statement from Sufi about don't go back to sleep, uh, you don't have to be a Buddhist in order to follow the simple instruction from the Buddha. Develop a power of love so strong that the mind becomes like space. In that becoming space, we become love. We then are an activity of spirit by whatever name your tradition um, calls you to call it. But by being love, we shift. We We are that cause for newness in all circumstances whatever the gathering is, when you are in that space of being the activity of spirit as love, there is a consciousness of love in that space, and it cannot be one of violence. You are there as a catalyst for change. Love is the most powerful healing force in the entire universe. And you, as an activity of love, are there to generate and, and inaugurate healing of all all senses of adversari- all adversarial senses. Another practice that is so powerful is simply gratitude. Find something to be grateful for. It doesn't matter if it's large or small. It's what happens when we are in a space of gratitude. Our whole beingness is different. We are there, uh, bringing forth it like a magnet. We're calling forth good as we are that place of gratitude. What matters is the shift in you. That when you step from perhaps taking things for granted, perhaps being apathetic, but you you shift into that space of gratitude and find something to be grateful for then as you have shifted into that state of newness, those around you cannot not change. They simply must adjust to how you are being. In fact, sometimes what happens when they start to adjust for what's different in you is they actually kind of push back and try to push you back into the box that they used to know you, how they used to know you. And so they push, they try to push you back into what you once upon a time were and you stepped into that gratitude into that being the activity of love in all circumstances and speaking of being an activity of love uh, during the march I encountered an elderly person using a walker uh, going along at the best pace she could being radiantly vitally alive she was a woman on a march and on her back was pinned a placard, and it said, "Love, not hate, makes America great." I saw a couple of other signs of that, but somehow, it being her placard on her back, in, and the challenge that she was willing to accept in order to be there as a marcher, it's amazing. our spirit was calling different individuals, and I got to thinking. Another way that we can keep that energy alive is by adopting love, not hate, makes America great. As a mantra, you can keep saying it to yourself and when circumstances don't look very loving, you can recite it to yourself and it will cause that shift within you. But then I got kind of tickled about doing a mob uh, and I thought, wouldn't it be fantastic to simply start chanting love not hate makes America great and see how many people might be willing to join you in a chant now that might be in a metro stop. it might be in a, you know any place that you might be imagine doing a flash mob of love not hate makes America great I just I just love that idea and Well, we're looking at the calendar for uh, January, and we're looking at different people who are sponsoring different things, whether it's Marion Williamson's group or uh, others across the country. Uh, January 30th is the opening day for the Season for Nonviolence, and the Season for Nonviolence is celebrating its 20th year. It was, uh, it was originally conceived by the Association for Global New Thought and was taken to the United Nations, which adopted it 20 years ago, and it has remained an annual event for the United Nations ever since. One of the practices, and uh, it, it honors the uh, assassination dates, ask, of Mahatma Gandhi and uh, uh, um, Dr. Martin Luther King, And so the 64 days uh, from January 30th to April 4th um, are marked by different activities across the country and around the world. There are more than 600 countries, let's see, no, 600 cities in 97 countries that participate annually in uh, the event. And... one of the ways that people participate is by using a daily reminder daily activities and affirmations and it's called 64 ways in 64 days and so you can contact me through the website through our center for spiritual living website and that address is CSLmetro.org. that address is org. And you can contact me through that website, and I'll, I will be happy to send you the um, a copy of 64 Ways in 64 Days. Another way for you to get a copy would be to go to agnt.org. So, at the day, uh, in terms of people and what how they show up, and uh, this whole idea of the march uh, at the dedication of a statue or statue in her honor. Farm worker activist Dolores Huerta at 80 years old led the crowd in with the powerful call and response. Who has the power? She shouted. We have the power, came the reply. What kind of power? She shouted. People power. In our march this past uh, Saturday, the 21st, which is the day that will go down in history, that that was people power. That was more than 680,000 people. And it was interesting, when I was in the march, I was very much aware of a huge group of people, really huge group of people coming together. But when I came home, I got uh, uh, yeah, an even expanded Uh, understanding of just how big it was when I saw on TV the aerial shot of the march and it actually brought God bumps. I mean, it was so thrilling because I'd had the inside view shoulder to shoulder with sisters and brothers and then to see it from the aerial view and see how this movement of people was fluid, it was moving, it was growing, it was surging, and always in laughter and love and delight and chanting and drums and just the full vital expression of life. So according to the Bible, the statement is, faith without works is dead. According to Ernest Holmes, uh, the author of Science of Mind textbook, we should not only pray, we should act, each contributing the best he has to the common purpose, each willing to make any sacrifice necessary, one in a certain sense, a selfless one, for we all all desire self-preservation, but the other in the greater sense that there can be no individual self-preservation preservation without the preservation of all so the big question and we've been kind of dancing around it over the last several weeks on the program so um, oh there's a caller no hands up yet but um, I'll keep looking to see if anyone has a comment or a question and you are welcome to raise your hand and uh, we'll bring you on the call so the big question is, how are we to serve? What is ours to do? How are we to be? Uh, we are the only ones that can reveal these answers for ourselves. No one can answer these questions for anyone else. And if you encounter someone who tries to tell you how you should serve, what your, what is yours to do, or how you are to be, thank them, and tell them that you are your own revealer of truth. You don't need anyone on the outside to tell you how to be. Quite the contrary, it's an inside job. Now, my role, uh, as I perceive it, is to support and assist you personal re- revelation. And one of the best ones I know is the process of visioning. Envisioning, we open. We go. In fact, I'll guide you a little bit through it. We become quiet and centered. And in the stillness, when we still our bodies, it's the key to our minds, so that we can still our minds as well. And when we come to that point of stillness, we open and listen and observe. We listen with our heart not just our ears. We see vision, we see possibilities, not just with our eyes, but again with our heart. And so we open to the idea that the message, the response from spirit personally and directly to us will be perhaps in visual form. It may be in noise or sound or words. It may be in pictures. It may be a felt sense. Uh, it may be smells, it may be odors, it may be whatever we can sense, and so we open to the sensory experience. in that time of stillness, listening, and sensing spirit we may simply know, and that knowing without the reason reasoning that goes into knowledge, that knowing is called a numinous experience, and we are fully capable revealers of our own. Truth as a numinous experience when suddenly or trickling in, either one, you become aware of knowing something. You didn't think it into existence, you didn't reason it into existence, you simply know. And that's the level of guidance. That's how we tune in and, and reveal how we are to be, what is ours to do, how are we to serve. And so sometimes spirit shows up and says, this is yours to do, this is ours to do. And it's in a way that we're not comfortable showing up. And so if you are more inclined to be the quiet type and like to stay on the sideline, and when that vision comes to you is what if, It declares, this is ours to do. This is is the one. And it requires you to be visible and or vocal. How might you respond if you suddenly find that your presence, your voice is essential to progress? Perhaps your leadership may be necessary to facilitate the emergence of of a greater good. Last week when we touched on this, I said sometimes when those things show up in that way, we have the feeling, yikes, who, me? Why me? In that moment, instead of being reactive, it is spirit's call to get sent. It is spirit's call, calling that calls you to be centered and still, to go back into that space, that space of inviting spirit to communicate directly personally individually with you deeply surrender to that listening listen with all your whole being open all the senses and listen even more deeply your spirit may very well have the desire desire to express as you in ways that you have not yet expressed Maybe there is in your future a new way of being. Now, last week we were talking about activism. And so what is activism? It is a willingness to let your views be known. For many of the marchers last Saturday, they had never done anything of the sort before. Yet something deep inside said, you must show up and lend your body and maybe your voice to the count. You were called if you were there. If we believe, if you believe, as I do, that thought precedes form, then what we think and how we make it known is essential to the emergence of our greatest yet to be. Thought precedes you showing up you were being divinely guided or spirit guided. Uh, spirit guided you to hold consciousness from wherever you are. Whether you are called to be in the march, whether you are called to show up or send cards or whatever, or maybe it calls you to hold consciousness, to hold consciousness when of that emergence of that greatest good yet to be. Spiritual activism, which has has several precepts, you can always count on it arises from prayer and meditation. It does not arise from combativeness. It connects with the highest and the best for all. It does not simply, it does not feature or benefit only a single individual. It does no harm. It causes no harm. It uplifts, informs, and brings light to its focus. It carries out. It is carried out as love. Buddha's the quote from the Buddha about bring forth within you a love that is so powerful that it all else seems to fade out of your awareness. It is expressed compassionately. It is kind, respectful, and honors the dignity of all. It is proactive, like Dr. Holmes' sermon uh, by the sea. It is for, not against. It is for uh, beneficial transformation. Spiritual activism is. Deeply contemplative and silent before moments of stillness within and after all action, recognizing that action is the outpicturing of the communication of spirit within. And so it is the outward demonstration of inward process, soul based rather than ego driven. It is the willingness to stand on behalf of what aligns with your own understanding of highest and best. It is willing to be counted. It's the letting go of old stories about why one should or should not be an activist. It's about letting go of old stories of limitation and focusing on desired results and going about getting that desired result through peaceful means. One's position is a reflection of the prisms through which each of us looks at our world. Brilliant with oneness and celebrating our interconnectedness, it is for the greatest good. It is for the greatest good for all. Inside Centers for Spiritual Living, we have a world view That is, uh, uh, our vision is of a world that works for everyone, everywhere, no exception. So it is about the connectedness, the willingness to let the world know that what is done to anyone is done to each of us. Much as Jesus declared, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do, For one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And so I have a question for you. It's the same question I've asked on other uh, shows. What do you need? What do you need to know, feel, embrace, or embody in order to step into this vision, step up to being a power for good in the universe? There is a power for good in the universe. It is ours to use. It is at our disposal. And so the next question to you is, are you willing to use it to make a positive difference? Are you ready to be newer than new? And one of my favorite little quotes, and I bring it frequently, is be ready for change, because change always comes bearing gifts. So the big question is, are you ready to let the world see and know your true identity? Are you willing to be visible and vocal? Are you, you are a spiritual being. This is sort of a summary and truth statement. You are a spiritual being expressing as human. Are you feeling the call to be visible and vocal? If so, you are instantly a spiritual activist. Congratulations. Or do you prefer to sit in quiet contemplation or meditation? Are you called to both activism and meditation? Perfect. Whatever combination. So long as you are following the divine guidance that is arising within you, take the time and listen. Take the time in the stillness and feel, sense, and open to how spirit desires to express through you, in you, as you. However that is, it is yours, and only you can be the revealer of it. So sense it. And now shifting, so that in these last minutes, you are invited. You are invited to uh, investigate our center for spiritual living. It's at CSLMetro.org. We meet at the Arlington Arts Center at 3550 Wilson Boulevard on Sunday mornings. We hold classes at various locations throughout the uh, metro disk area. We also have meditation on the first with We have meditation with, uh, Tibetan, with Himalayan bowls, singing bowls, every first Sunday at the Blue Nectar Yoga Studio in Falls Church. And so all of these things are on our website. Please check it out and come join us for any and all of these opportunities. Uh, We look forward to meeting you in person. In the meantime, peace be with you. Let your light shine. Namaste.